Today's podcast is brought to you by Stickerload. They're a company that provides a variety of sticker packs that would appeal to whatever you're into. They were gracious enough to be our first sponsor, and they gave a promo code I'd like to share with you guys. If you head over to their website, stickerload.co, you can use the code all caps LSWH10 to receive 10% off your order. And be sure to listen to future podcasts to see how you can win a free sticker pack. This is Let's See What Happens, a free-form discussion to talk about anything and everything. If you don't want to be offended, don't listen. If you do want to be offended, there's a good chance you will be. I hope you like this one. Let's see what happens. So we should be good to go. All right, so... uh, Today I have, you guys want me to use your last names or no, no last yeah, names? Okay. All right. I have Michael Dresnan, correct? And correct. Lisa Lyon here with me today. And they are from, you guys actually, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell me a little bit about who you are and then we'll go from there on the rest of it. So Mike, if you want to. Yeah. So I work for a police department in uh, the Sarasota area, I'm detective over there. So I've been a police officer for four and a half years. Um, been doing jujitsu for uh, going on seven years now. So I'm brown belt under uh, Lisa's husband uh, Clay over at Minnesota Jiu Jitsu. Um, so we came together and we created you know Heroes Grappling Tournament, um, which is a tournament for police officers and firefighters, um, just to kind of give people a, a avenue to compete and to you know drive people to join jujitsu um, who are police officers because that's very much needed you know nowadays so um yeah that's our goal nice uh, lisa how long have you been training jujitsu i've been training about 10 years a little over 10 years okay um when did you guys actually start the tournament was that just this year that it started yeah, yeah so this is our, yeah, it's our first event nice. Yeah. nice and that was uh when was that? That was in July, June, July, July 17th, July. Yeah. yeah. Our first event. So we just had the first one. I competed in it as did a bunch of guys from, uh, um, team Alves and all over from, like you said, different agencies throughout Sarasota. It was awesome. Uh, I, I told everyone, I think the coolest part about it was that it was kind of like smaller in the sense that a bunch of us had our kids there and they were able to come down and be like by the mats. Like sometimes you go to some of these big ones and it's like, People are stuck in the stands all day. They don't get to talk to their person that's competing like at all. And it's like, it's very, it's not family friendly. And that's what I thought was really cool about this is how family friendly it was. But yeah, uh, when we were putting it together, we were like, we had no idea how many people were going to show up. Right. Jiu-Jitsu is such a small community as uh-huh. it is. And then to bring it down to such a niche thing of police mm-hmm. officers and firefighters and, you know, EMS and that kind of stuff. So we were, you know, we were blown away by how many people signed up and how successful it was. oh yeah it was great how many how many did sign up all together do you guys have those numbers of like ballpark yeah so uh we had about 49 people that that paid um so we interested you know we had guys that signed up but didn't pay that kind of thing it was yeah. around 60 
Um, and then we had, you know, a bunch of Miami guys had to pull out, unfortunately. Yeah. Really strong Miami team, you know, uh, had to pull out. So. Not too upset they didn't show, you know? <laughs> yeah. Helped help some of us right. a little bit, you right. know? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a, a few things that came out that were kind of surprising to me. And one of them was uh, at the weigh-in table. The guys doing the weigh-ins were saying that a lot of guys were coming in and saying, this is my first tournament. Oh, and wow. And I thought that was really interesting because it's – it wasn't the same crowd of uh, comp- competitors that you would see at like a grappling industry right. or something like that. You know, it was a lot of first timers that had never really stepped on the map, but for a good cause, they were yeah. willing to do that. And which is crazy too, because there weren't, it wasn't like all white belts though. No, you know wasn't. what I mean? There were guys that have been training for a long time doing it. And I thought that was, that was pretty cool to see. Like, cause I had, I had quite a few friends that came that aren't law enforcement just to, you know, watch and support. And, the one who's a very in shape uh, guy, and he's you know he's in his mid fifties, and he could not believe how in shape everybody was. Like he he's like man, he goes, you guys are definitely like probably the elite of the group. He goes, you can tell because he goes, I see a lot of fat cops, and he goes, it was really cool to see like knowing that everyone there was a first responder, and you guys were in good shape, and you trained jujitsu because he trains jujitsu as well, and he was very impressed overall with like everyone's like physical appearance and ability, which is silly as it sounds. It's like, yeah, it is unfortunately not as common as people would like to think to have like in shape cops and in shape firefighters. Like there's a bunch out there that yeah. let themselves go and don't take care of themselves. And it's, it's a little frustrating, but uh, I mean, you know. shoot, even nowadays with some of the recruits that are coming through. So I do defensive tactics training at my department and a little bit at the Academy as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you see guys that are coming through there, like, man, this is when you should be in the best shape of your life. Right, man. And, you know, we ask people like, Hey, who, who runs here? You know, we had a, a group of about eight or nine people and two of them were like, eh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, okay, that's bullshit. But right. you know, only two of you, right. Only, only two of you even ran enough to kind of sort of raise your hand. And yeah. Like, man, what are you doing? I know that's you not know, good. It's a lifestyle. I that's my thing is like, and I'm sure everyone that listens to this regularly is probably tired of hearing me say it, but like you as a law enforcement, like you owe it not just to yourself to like be in shape. Like, and I have no problem with people that just like to go to the gym and work out. That's great. Good for them. They're doing something. But at the end of the day, we work a job that inevitably when you're going to make a rest, you have to go hands on. Like as much as I may joke about like talking someone into handcuffs, eventually you're going to have to put your hands on someone. And it's a good idea to know what you're doing when you do that. And, uh, it is really sad to see like people that aren't even, aren't even running to like get themselves in shape, let alone training a martial art of some kind to more familiarize themselves with, yeah. you know, being hands on. So yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I think that, uh, seeing all those guys there that were, there was a guy there that I met, can't, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was from Indiana. He came down yeah. from Indiana and yeah. he was like, he goes, yeah, I just saw it on Instagram or whatever. And he goes, I had like five days off in a row. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go down to Florida. And I was just like, really? And he was like, I go, you have no kids. And he goes, no, I don't have any kids. I go, yeah, that makes sense. That well, makes Venice sense. is nice. You know, we had guys right. from Missouri. There was two guys from Missouri mm. that drove down. Oh, nice. I don't think I met them. From, uh, I think there was an NYPD guy. So some from the Las Vegas PD Las guy. Vegas, yeah. Yeah. That, that was a scary dude. Yeah. He <laughs> freaking he scared my neck into obliterating for a couple days man i was hurting man but uh yeah it was great like meeting people from different 
areas and all that stuff and talking to them because I couldn't believe, I was like blown away that people came from so far because I was like, oh, I was thinking the same thing though. Like we love Venice because it's very much a go-between for a lot of us because like a lot of us work in Sarasota and then live south or mm-hmm. north of that because we're poor cops and we can't afford to live in Sarasota. And I was like, oh, Venice is perfect. Like that's not far because that's the problem is a lot of these tournaments, again, you go to them and they're in like Miami or right, right. Tampa or Orlando and it's like, it's up all day like all day there and then sometimes you're like man i'd rather just stay in a hotel or rather you know what i mean then there's extra cost of that and and then you got the weigh-in process i mean it's just a mess we were at the grappling industries yesterday Uh, me and my husband went with our our gym we had about eight guys competing and it was literally all day you know we leave the house at seven and we get home at eight and it's just grueling and there's nowhere to sit and there's nowhere to stand and you can't see anything and you can't talk to anybody because everybody's running all over the place trying to, to get to where they need to go. And there's 12 yeah. mats running. So there's not even room for you to actually have yeah. your match uh, in front of the table. So, you know, there's guys running into the table and getting slammed into other people's mats. And it's just a big old mess. And yeah. it is what it is. It's fun. You know, we go. We have a good time. We make the best of it. But it's just it was very different from from what we had going on at Heroes Tournament. Right. And I think Heroes turned out. I mean, better than I expected. I was, I was, that was another thing I was really surprised about was the people coming from all over. But Mm. the other thing I was kind of worried about, you know, you get a bunch of cops in a room and kind of worry about the egos and what's going to happen and chest bumping and stuff. And it didn't seem like there was any of that. Everybody was so cool. I asked the refs afterwards, you know, all the refs came from our gym and except for one, Joe, I think he came Mm. from a neighboring gym, but uh, I asked all of them how it went, and they're like, man, it was awesome. Everybody was so cool. It was so good. Yeah. There's no questions about calls. There's no arguing. There was nothing. Like, everybody was respectful. Everybody was, was yeah. cool. They were there to have a good time, and everybody, almost everybody went home in one piece. Yeah, so, right. It was good. Just, it was a Lisa, success. pull that mic just a little bit closer for me. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, I think, though, that for people that don't know, uh, like, especially cops that compete in anything. Like I, I'm, I'm on SWAT and we are a very competitive group, like to where it's like, I bet I can throw this in the trash can from further away than you can. Like it dumb stuff that makes no sense. And, uh, everything turns into a competition and, uh, there is ego there. I think, uh, a lot of us keep that ego in check with each other because we're so, you know, competitive, but I think that's one of the great things about jujitsu is it really does seem to like calm, like it neutralizes that because if you want to get humbled real quick, man, go do jujitsu. Cause I don't care who you are. Mm. It's gonna, it's the great equalizer. You go out and you're like, Oh, okay. And everyone's got those stories of like the 16 year old kid or the little guy that, you know, just demolishes. Yes. Or the female that just demolishes them like their first class. And one of two things happens, either they're hooked or they're like, yeah, I'm never going to do that or talk about that or think about that again. Cause it scares people, you know, cause they're like, Oh man, I'm not. It exposes their weaknesses. Yeah. And it shows them how truly weak they are. Oh yeah. And they're like, Oh man, I'm not equipped to handle anything really. If like this person, whether it's female, male, whatever, that's substantially small. And again, you have those, those weightlifter guys that they think like, well, I can, you know, I can bench 300 pounds and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, cool. I've never, I've never yet dealt with someone that has like a barbell handle on them that I can just grab onto and hold onto. Like it doesn't happen. So I love when those guys come through DT. Oh, I (laughs) I love it. They're the best. They are the best. But uh, I will say that we have a couple guys, 
that have started more recently that were those guys. They weren't not necessarily like just, you know, power lifters or anything like that, but like most of their workouts were in the gym and they came to jujitsu and they are hooked. Like they're doing it and they're some, uh, I won't name any names. They should be there more often than they are. Cause you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, it's like, get on the mats. Come on. Everyone's got an excuse. We've all got kids. We've all got a job. Like get, get on the mats, you right. know? But, uh, yeah, no, it's funny to see some of those guys like literally just be humbled by like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not good at this. Right. But that, those are the guys you want that keep coming back when they realize they're not good at something. And then they're like, Oh, I'm going to try to keep getting better at this. Cause that's the other thing about cops too, is they, they don't like to look bad at something. Like nobody likes to look bad at something, but cops are so used to being in a position of like, especially when they show up on a scene, they're in charge or they should be. And they have to like, solve the problem so when they go and do something that they're not good at and they don't know how to solve the problem they're like oh yeah maybe you know maybe this isn't for me you know and they kind of chicken out a little bit so that's that's sad this you know it's sad to see that because it's like i would love it if everyone in our everyone in our agency did jujitsu i think that would be i think anyone can benefit from it you know so i think 80 percent of the battle is just getting them to go through the door you yeah know? And i've never had one person who's come to jujitsu and said I had a bad time or eh, right. not for me. Yeah, everybody's like, man, I want to do this. I want to get started doing it. And then something happens a little bit down the line and they maybe never come back or oh, they yeah. never get the balls to kind of come into a gym in the first place. But right. They go through DT training and they say that they really like it. So, um, yeah, that's like 80% of the battle. So what is, what is your approach? I mean, I've been, you know, the annoying guy. Um, yeah. and I embrace that title completely uh, and just, yeah, I, I definitely do that. I definitely, um, I shame people a lot of times, you know, that whole, you know, everyone says fat shaming doesn't work. It does. It does, uh, you know, for, to a certain extent, but like I jujitsu shame people, like especially guys that it's easier to do with guys, like I said, that are like SWAT guys. Cause you can, you can definitely really more or less like shame them into going. Cause they're like, okay, just shut up. I'll go, you know? And that's probably not always the best way. It's definitely not the way to get to everybody. But I'll tell you, I've gotten people that are very, like, not SWAT guys at all. And they get in. And granted, I don't hang out with a lot of those people. But before I was a cop and I used to train with people and there would be new people that came in that were interested. And they were kind of, like, on the fence. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to watch a class. Like, I just want to watch and stuff. And a lot of a lot of females that would do that. And, man, uh, I taught a rape defense class up in Tampa when I was going to college at USF. And... Uh, some of those girls were like, once they realized like, oh, my flexibility and my strong legs and everything, like, like you said, it's a, it's definitely an art that kind of leans in favor of people that are smaller and stature and able to be just flexible. And like, you can, cause every girl I've ever taught, they learn way quicker than any guy because they, you know, that's definitely true. hundred percent. You're smarter, you're tougher <laughs> and you listen. We like that's, a lot that's the big difference. Cause <laughs> you guys are like, Oh, I, I can't just muscle this. I have to do the technique. So, um, as for getting like people or even just regular cops in there, I think one of the best ways to do it is to make it seem like if you can make the camaraderie aspect of it, like appeal to them, because I know for me, like being on SWAT, one of the best things about it is the camaraderie, like the, you know, that 
team aspect. And if you get a good jujitsu team, as cliche as it sounds, you guys are like family. I mean, there's not many people that like have put me in as vulnerable and uncomfortable positions as the guys that I train jujitsu with. And I think like when there's certain, there's a certain level of, there's something to that whole like, oh man, he could have broken my arm right there. But we, you know, we have an agreement when we came on the mats that like, if I tap, you're going to stop. And then they stop. It's like a, it's, it's a gauged respect of like, oh, hey, I got his arm. But like, oh, the next time he got my neck. And I don't know, something happens with that, that mm-hmm. like, if you can build on that and make people understand like, hey, you're not going to come in here and just get the crap beat out of you. Like you are, but in a respectful like way to where eventually that person that comes in three months from now you're going to be able to do that to them. And it's, it's a nice like feeling to, if you can, if you can almost pitch that, you know, it, I think that really helps because I've seen more guys now gravitate towards it because they aren't on like SWAT or a specialty unit. So they don't have that camaraderie there. And then they come to jujitsu and they're like, Oh, okay. Like this is, this is like a team. Like it's a group. Like I think that helps like that team mindset. Cause it's a very individualized sport. However, when you do stuff with the group, it like makes it much, you know, much better to be like, oh, okay. Like I got people supporting me doing this. So that's, that's how I try to pitch it is like, man, we, I always say like, we got such a good group of guys. Cause like, well, you came to the 6am class the other day at our place. Hmm. I mean, all those guys, the nice thing about people that come to 6am classes, uh, guaranteed they're either their, their husbands and fathers and they probably work. So like you're not dealing and not to say that people that aren't husbands and fathers are terrible people. I'm just saying that there's a certain level of like, hey, we're coming in here to do this because this is the only time we have to do this to ourselves. I'm not here to just jaw jack and, you know, mess around. No, I'm here to train because I want to get that in for the day. And uh, it's nice because our our 6 a.m. class is just all good guys. Like everybody's good guys. Nobody's trying to rip each other's heads off because we all got to go to work later and we all got to go home and take care of the kids. And it's like, you know, it's like, I can't do that if my neck isn't attached to my body, you know? So it's just one of those things, but I don't know. Do you do anything besides Lisa? You're in a completely different field. Do you do anything to try to get people into the, I stopped trying honestly. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, when you're a white belt or a blue belt, like you talk about it all the time and you're just <laughs> so excited to tell people about this armbar you got on last night and then you have to explain what an armbar is. And then, you know, I don't, it's probably different for you guys, but when you're telling other women about beating up grown men, it's a little different conversation, not always one that's like understood, but every now and then you'll have these women that come up to you and like, Hey, I heard you do this. And what is it like? Like, just, do you like it? Is it fun? Like, huh. do you think I could do it? And like, those are the women yeah. that I want to train with. And mm-hmm. actually we had one, it was one of the guys that competed yesterday. His girlfriend was like, okay, I think I'm going to try it. I'm nice. like, awesome. Yeah. She's going to be amazing. She's yeah. a, a CrossFitter. So she's just oh, okay. this little pack of dynamite. You know, I can't <laughs> wait to get yeah. my hands on her. <laughs> she is going to mess some little girls up. Yeah. It's going to be so fun. But it's it's different. You know, I'm I'm in education, so mm-hmm. I'm around a lot of women a lot of times, and I've never been one that had like a lot of girlfriends, because they just I just never really related as much. And yeah. you know, I have a brother. We always he wrestled, he did MMA, and that's kind of how I I got into all of this. And so 
when you start training and I, you know, as a white belt, there was one other woman in there and we were right. together and that was it, you know? And it's only been the last couple of years that I've seen a lot more women on the scene. Right. And, um, just recently, one of my, my girlfriends, one of my teacher friends, she, um, she's like, Hey, I want to try. And that, those are the ones I want. Cause you yeah. can go to a yoga class and recruit women and you yeah. can do a self-defense seminar, which I have really conflicting feelings about self-defense seminars for women. Cause I think it gives like a, a false sense of security. Yes. Because um, it's so got to be something those. you're regularly doing. It can't just be like, oh, it's, I learned this the one time. You I'm do gonna a four-hour yeah. seminar. What is that exactly. going to do for you? Now you think you can stand with, you know, and right. trade hands with an attacker? Like, you're a crazy yeah. person. Right. I'm not teaching somebody that. Yeah. So, um, anyway, you know, there's ways to get women in the door. But if mm-hmm. they're not the right woman with the right mindset, right. wanting the, the same thing, then... I don't really, I don't have time to, yeah. you know, sift I, through all of that. From what the, like, I've been doing this a long time now. Like, I've obviously had some hiatuses, you know, because kids and life and all that stuff, as most people's jujitsu journey has, it has a little deviation off the path and you come back to it or whatever. But uh, from the biggest thing that I've seen for, especially for like female competitors, not even competitors, just female practitioners, is... And I can only imagine what it's like to be like, okay, I'm going to go to a jujitsu place where it's the majority of them are guys. They are sweaty. They smell. They're They're, gross. they're horribly disgusting. Like I roll with them. And I'm like, God, man, bunch of freaking filthy animals, you know? And then not only that, as anyone that knows jujitsu or has even seen a little bit of MMA or whatever, uh, it does put you in like very compromising positions just to train positions. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you think about closed guard and stuff like that and someone between your legs, it's like, oh, this is, I don't know about all this, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's intimate Mm -hmm. real quick. And if you don't have the right mindset to be able to go, okay, but we're just training, you know, it is what it is. Um, I've had people that don't train ask me before and guys now that do train, they've asked me questions before about, uh, because we, We've had females come in that are trained and you can tell that the guy's uncomfortable because they're like, oh, I don't want to, they don't want to do, be inappropriate. You you know what I mean? They're not. And uh, again, anyone that does it knows it's like sometimes your, your hands go and like things that you don't want to talk about touching, you know, on another man, let alone a girl that you're not with. You're like, I don't want to, you know, make anyone uncomfortable, but I've told several people this story about, I remember a time when I was in Tampa, I was blue belt and this female was gorgeous. Like this girl was smoking hot. And I had net up until that point, I had never really seen a, like a drop dead gorgeous, like jujitsu girl. Like, I, you know, there, there's good looking ones, but this one, I'm talking like this one would have been like, Oh, hello, like, you know, I'm, and just, you know, babbling because you're just like, she's very, very pretty. And she was from Brazil and she's like, she was, I think at the time, like a purple belt and like a legit Brazilian purple belt. And you're like, oh, okay. And I rolled with her and I tell people this all the time. I go, I was so much more worried about getting choked out or tapped out because she was incredible that I never even had the moment thought of like, Oh, I can't believe I'm between her legs or, Oh, I can't believe my arm is touching her boob. Like it wasn't like that at all. It was just like, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. (laughs) Defend the neck, defend the neck. You know, it was just like that. There was no, there was no like moment, like moment to even think something like that because 
I, I mean, I'm sure you guys have felt it many a times when you're rolling with certain people that are just manhandling you for lack of a better term. You're not thinking about like, oh, I can't believe he touched my crotch. You know, like there's no thought there. You're just like, oh God, I hope like go back to my crotch. You can't choke me out from there. You know, like just <laughs> anything. Cause it is, it's just a very, it's a very intimate martial art. But when you have people that are actual like practitioners of it, there's no time, like there's no thought process of that. And I feel bad for ladies because I think they see it and they're like, oh, I need, like I just talked to my doctor the other day at my annual physical and her kids had just started jujitsu and now she started doing it. And she says to me, she goes, she goes, man, I really love the workouts. Like the workouts are great for it. She goes, cause they're so different. She goes, but you know, I don't love the whole like, uh, and I go rolling. And she goes, she goes, yeah. And I go, so you don't like the jujitsu part of it? Like, what, what are you talking about? She's right. like, she goes, it's just, there's only me and like two other girls. And the one girl that's like close to my size, she's like very tall, but she's only like 14. And it's just, it's weird. And she's like, you can tell she doesn't want to go with guys, which I get. But in the same sense, if you go with like a higher end belt guy right. and you're a female, like that's the key. If you're a female, you want to go with either other girls or you want to go with very high end guys because right. they, they know how to move and transition and coach you through positions while you're rolling. And I, I think that that is key or paramount to getting the females that do come in to stay. Well, right. one of the things you said, you know, as it's interesting to hear you as a man talking about a woman and, and kind of what goes through your head for that. But for women, it's, it's almost exactly the same. Like you spend all of your teenage years worrying about how pretty you are. Mm. Right. And then you start training and it's like, who cares how pretty I am? I can choke this bastard out. This is awesome. So yeah. it really does a lot of good for women too, but it's hard. You know, the average is one to 10, like one woman to every 10 men in yeah. the gym. Like that's crazy. Oh yeah. You know? And then, so, you know, I think I'm over it now, but when your your first year, your second year, you need blue belt all the way up. I think it was probably purple belt where I got really comfortable. And now I'll run shit. I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to go in. I'm going to tell everybody what to do. I'm going to start the warm up. <laughs> I'm going to tell my husband, like, here we go. Like, <laughs> if he's distracted, I'm going right. to handle things. And, and it doesn't phase me that I'm a woman in a room full of all men. And right. I'm bossing all of them around because I pretty much boss people around all the time anyways. Right. And men are used to getting bossed around, so it helps us like get right back into the groove. We're like, oh, okay. yes, ma'am, yes, yeah. ma'am, yeah. Do as we're told. I remember like the first time I, I've been teaching classes. I've been teaching kids classes. I've been teaching women's classes from since I was a blue belt. So a long time. We're talking probably eight years. I've been teaching jujitsu, and I love it. That's really what I like yeah. I'm more than competing, more than training or rolling. What I love teaching, um, but when I when I started teaching like like co-ed classes that mm. was a very big thing for me you know being the you know every now and then I would notice like I'm the only woman in here and these guys are all looking at me like I know what I'm doing and I have to I have to like at least pretend at least pretend <laughs> that I know what I'm doing and then you worry like what do I teach do I teach what husband teaches or do I teach like what like do I tell them what I do and then you start like building this confidence and you know what I know jujitsu I know what I'm doing my things work and if I teach somebody else's stuff, it's not, it's not right. going to work. Like if I teach my thing, so it really it puts you in a really vulnerable place because you have to teach people what you do. And I believe my stuff is quality, but it doesn't mean that you six foot whatever, hundred and whatever, believe what I do is yeah. is of any worth. But it's really neat to see your your uh, ideas and your thoughts and your concepts in other people's 
uh, movements. And it's really rewarding to see people grow from that. And it's been really fun in, in tournaments, you know, seeing people do like my favorite arm bar. You know, yeah. there's like one arm bar that I really like to do. It's a, a mounted arm bar from SMAT. And um, one of the guys did it at the Heroes Tournament. I was like, oh my gosh, that's my arm bar. And he did it at my tournament. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. I. It's funny you say that because like, so here lately, um, I am not a big, uh, I, I don't care for the gi. It's no secret. I'm not a, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of it. I've gotten better about it here lately because Team Alves, they do, they do quite a bit of gi. Um, but uh, I had been no gi for so long. And then when I was training at Gracie Tampa, it's basically all no gi. And came back down and I wasn't training for a while. And then the place I was at in Hunting Gorda, it was it was a mixed bag, you know, and uh, you had some guys that liked the gi and some guys that liked the no gi, but I would almost only do the no gi because, again, you don't like doing things that you're bad at. I right. don't like doing, th- you know, I'm not that great at gi. I don't really want to do it. But uh, so lately I've been being, uh, I think it's Manny, my professor, his subtle way of making me do the gi more where he'll, he'll make me teach the class, and especially in gi. And I'm like, I always apologize to the class at the beginning. I go, I'm sorry that you're stuck with me because, you know, I, this is all you're going to get. Like, you're just going to get me. But it's, it is improving my game in the gi drastically because I'm having to explain things and go, oh, yeah, that's why I do that that way. Or that's why I move, you know, move this hand over here. Or, oh, I've got to remember to tell them to switch their grip. And it is a very, like, it's a very, you know, elegant way of, like, sink or swim, you know, here you go, figure it out. Like you got to teach them, you know? And like you said, it's really cool though. Like at the tournament a couple of times, some of our guys that are newer guys that I was able to yell stuff to them because I've taught them stuff and like, they knew exactly what I was saying. Like, you know how you have like yeah. certain things that you say, you're like, Oh, kick the leg over or do this. And, and they just do it. And you're like, Oh cool. They're actually listening to me. Like this is, and it worked. yeah. And you're like, Oh, it worked. And like, it took them out of a bad position or put them in a good position. And it's just like, Oh cool. That is very cool. Teaching is very like a cool thing because jujitsu it's, there's not really a ton of like secret moves or anything like that. Like everyone has certain ways they do some things and things get altered and, you know, evolve and get better. But I definitely like how, like you said, there's things that like, oh, I do it a certain way. And then you tell someone and then they do it that way. And you're like, oh, cool. All right. That, that one worked. That was, that was good. You know? And it's like extra validation. That's, I was just going to say it's validation to know that like, oh, okay. I'm not just talking to myself for, you know, the first 20, 30 minutes of drilling in class and then, okay, let's roll. And they don't, nothing sticks. But, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that teaching too makes your game improve so much because like you said you have to like it's not just going oh this is the way i do it it's why do i do it this way like you have to almost question your own game of like why am i doing it this way oh why i put my foot in his hip to turn him because it helps me get my other leg across you know what i mean like it's it's just little things that like even now i i didn't realize i was doing almost like subconsciously or muscle memory or whatever you want to call it because I've just been doing it that way for so long. And it's like, Oh yeah, I, I forgot that when I was taught this, I was told to do this this way. Right. And I just wasn't, you know, I would have never thought to like include that in notes. That's the other thing. I don't know. I used to do it way back when, and I've recently started doing a jujitsu journal again where I write stuff down, man, 
if you read that right now, you would think I was a straight up retard because you would be like, what is he saying? Like, I'm sure that I could understand some of it. Right. But even me going back and reading someone, I go, what? Like I read it and I go, what arm are you talking about? Like, I don't know <laughs> if I'm talking about their arm or my arm. So it makes you have to like, really like take your opponent's left arm, slide it across. Like it's a very like detailed explanation of breaking down moves and man, it is so good. Like, I think that's a game changer for anybody that doesn't do it. Do even do voice notes on your phone. Go back and read it right away because then it really doesn't make sense if they, because especially some of these words in jujitsu that, like, it's not going to do Kimura. And right. it's not going to do Uma Plata at all. Like, the other day I did it and I looked and it said Uma, Oompa Loompa. Oompa Loompa <laughs> popped up, but not Uma Plata. And I, right. was, like, I was like, okay, I, I can, get, I can get, Uma, get to Uma Plata from Oompa Loompa, but. Kamora, I can't remember what it was. It was like, uh, I think it was Korea or something. I was like, hey, Korea. I was, I'm rereading the notes. I'm like, what right. the hell is that talking about? But yeah, I don't know. I started teaching. I don't know what maybe a year ago now, um, just intermittently. But I, what really helps me is just writing out lesson plans. Like today, I want to go over these three sweeps, um, and you know, going back and looking over my original lesson plans. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It, Grab arm, which arm, you know, yeah. all, it made sense to me. I was just jotting down, you know, quick little two line things to remember while yep. I'm teaching. But yeah, going back and looking at them now, I'm like, what does yeah. that mean? We had a, uh, so in high school, I had a teacher that she had us, um, the assignment was, she goes, uh, so your assignment tonight is I want you to go home and uh, write down how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And we were like, and? And she's like, no, that's it. And we're like, Okay. And like, you know, me, like half the class went on. I was like, get out bread, put peanut butter on one side, put jelly on the other, put it together. And like, God bless her. This teacher, she was batshit crazy, but she was hilarious. And she was always like making us think a little bit more. So like what she did, we came in like the next day and she had like a couple things of peanut butter and jelly and a couple loaves of bread. And literally she was like, okay, let's see your stuff. And she starts reading through and she's like, Put peanut butter on bread. So she takes the whole thing of peanut butter and sets it on the bread. Put jelly on bread. Okay, put together and eat. And she's like, how? How am I going to eat this? And like, it was just clearly, it was all about like following directions as well as like being clear in your directions right. when you want someone to do something. I, that just always stuck with me because I mean, she's she's scooping handfuls of peanut butter out and just wiping them on the bread because like no one said get a knife. Right. Like no one, you know what I mean? Like she was like getting very detailed. And I remember one person must have either had done it before or knew what she was trying to do because they did really good and they got right up until it was like put the bread pieces together because it didn't say put like the peanut butter side and the jelly side together. It just said put the bread pieces together. So she just like pushed them together on the table and they're like, now eat your sandwich. And she was like, and just like started eating it off the table. You know what I mean? And it was just, it was very funny because like, you know, as simple and basic as it sounds, it's like, yeah, sometimes if, especially teaching jujitsu, if someone has no idea what you're talking about, because it is very easy for us, I think, that have been doing it for a while to get into the, like, we know what certain terms are. We know what certain, even me now, having done it for as long as I did and then coming to Manny, he calls some things different than I call them. You know what I mean? Like, he'll go, do this. Eric goes, do you know what this is? And I go, no. But even it's like, move your left hand. No, your left hand. Nope, your other left hand. <laughs> right. That's still not your left hand. <laughs> but, but move your left hand. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, you have to like 
especially brand new people. They're oh, like yeah. newborn ponies. You oh, know? they're like, in I've the never loop. moved before. Yeah. And, and so I, I know for me, a lot of, I'll, I'll touch people and be like, okay, take this and put it somewhere just because there's just processing oh, overload. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I was able to teach a, a, a college course uh, here locally a jiu-jitsu class for credit. Oh, really? Yeah, it was awesome. It was oh, right before... Oh, dang, why didn't um, they have that one on right college? Jeez. It was right before COVID happened, so we only got to spring break, but it was so much fun, but this is, you know, a pretty new age college, and they're... Yeah. The kids are very interesting and not mm. a lot of football players in that class. <laughs> those are the ones that are the best, though. The nerd so assassins. Oh, oh my gosh, I yeah. love they those guys. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we we spent you know the first week you know three days a week Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of kind of a course and um, we spent the first week just doing line drills, just like moving your body, you mm. know, front rolls, back rolls, stand in base, you know, break balls and. Crab walks, like anything you could, anything I could come up with, it was just walking across the mat yeah. in some kind of a weird way. Just because, you know, we've been doing this for years. So somebody says, hey, move your left arm over there. Like, I know some kind of reference to move my left arm, but you know, when you don't know anything, you can't even remember what is left, what's an arm, what's an elbow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're like, ah, she said something to me. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know how many times, especially like new people, brand new people, you, you get stuck, you know, working with them in, in class. It, you have to translate everything coach says to the new person. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, were you even watching? And no. you have to remember, like, yeah. this is what I was like on my first week of yes. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And then... Uh, love them to death. I actually, we've been talking, I'm trying to get Manny to come on and do a podcast as well. Uh, I don't know how much people will be able to understand him, uh, because he does have that Brazilian act. And it's like, so he'll say stuff to me and I'll go, what? And he'll be like, I'm speaking English. I'm like, are you? Like, <laughs> are you sure? I, I don't know. I go, I'm not sure if we're going to call it that, right? Like, you know, but, uh, you know, it's gotta be, I would imagine very like, frustrating too for new guys that have a coach that is you know they are you know this english is their second language or maybe their third language and they they're trying to learn and like you said they're kind of in that loop of like oh what well, i don't know what to do with my hands you know and then a coach is telling them something and like i said god bless him i love him to death but sometimes he says stuff the wrong way like he's saying the he's saying the words but they're in the wrong order or whatever and you're and it's like it is helpful to have someone that's like hey he's saying that and like oh okay and while we were at the tournament a couple of times i was like he was yelling something at someone and he smacked me and he's like tell them what i'm trying to tell them you know and i <laughs> you know i'd say something and it's it's just funny because a lot of people i think too like you said it best they they're so overwhelmed with all the information that they can't even process the little information so like if you can get to where you're just able to listen. That's so again why the females are so much better because they're like, they're like what? Like they, they listen right. when people talk. While those guys are just usually waiting for their turn to talk. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a different. It's a game changer when you get to that level where you're able to, like I, thankfully I can do it quite often. Not that he ever gives me a lot of advice other than you're screwing up. But uh, when Manny does give me like a coaching thing while I'm rolling, I can go, oh, okay. And I just do it because I know what he's trying to say, you know? And, uh, it's, uh, I don't know if you guys saw it in the competition. We had one of our guys, uh, he's on SWAT. He's a blue belt. And, uh, one of the roles he was doing, man, he's yelling something at him and I'm yelling it at him as well. Like we're both yelling it at him. 
And he literally goes, I'm trying. Like he yelled that across. He goes, I'm trying. Like you guys act like I'm not trying to do what you're telling me. I'm trying. It was just everyone that was watching it just cracking up laughing because it was, it was just hilarious because you can't help it as a coach. You're wanting them to do it. And like, it's not that they're, some of them aren't trying to do it, but they are, they're just, they're trying, but they're, you know, they're holding on to something else or they're trying not to get, you know, come more this way or whatever. And it, it was just, it was so funny. So well, now, I saw that he put up that picture. I was yeah, like, I'm yeah. trying. Exactly, and I, was like, yeah. I said that to Jake. I'm yeah. like, dude, this is fucking savage. Yes. <laughs> but he's he like, made a, there's a backstory there. Yeah. He made a meme where he was nice. at, like from that picture where he was in that position and he just put block letters. I'm trying at the top of it. And so now all the times we're like, Hey, just, you know, Keep trying. You're doing good. You know, well, keep trying. But I think that brings up a really good point. I think that's why I am, you know, I'm I'm not one of you guys. I'm not in law enforcement, first responder, none of that stuff, you know. In your own way, you are. Well, I would say you are. Way, <laughs> I think you're way braver than I am. Yeah, I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely away. not. But at the same time, you know, what I have learned from jujitsu is to be able to maintain your calm while you're getting attacked mm-hmm. and while you are so overstimulated and overwhelmed and scared mm-hmm. to be able to, like, bring yourself down to a place where you say, I'm okay. I, I only have three minutes left. I can do anything for three minutes. I can make this end whenever I feel like it. And, like, to be able to take yourself to an emotional state of calm when you're feeling all of this crazy, I think is so important. And I think it translates so well to your work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm also a mental health counselor. I, I did that before I went back into education. And so as a, as a therapist, as a counselor, um, to be able to see people manage themselves and all of these situations that are just so stressful and so crazy, I think jujitsu really helps you practice that on a daily basis. And you can't get that practice anywhere else. Like when you're doing it on your, your work and your job, like it's real life and people's lives are on the line. Your, mm-hmm. your own, everybody else's. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So mm-hmm. to be able to have a space to practice that and to manage your own emotions and then carry that with you on your daily job and your families and your house, you know, mm-hmm. your own uh, interactions with, with your family members, I think is just so vital for your longevity in the job mm-hmm. and for your, your own self. I mean, everybody knows that, that cops are almost the most at risk for suicide and for depression and for anxiety and for domestic violence and for all of the terrible things in the world. So to be able to have somewhere to work through those things and have an outlet to really practice maintaining that cool, I think is just so much, I mean, just as valuable as the physical aspects of it for your work. Oh, absolutely. The jujitsu is definitely the most valuable tool on my belt for sure. You know, there's so many, been so many times where I'm fighting with somebody trying to take them into custody and I'm working the radio and I'm talking to people that are responding and, coaching them through how to get the arm behind the back as we're, as I'm fighting with somebody, you know, normally for people, you know, that's such a blackout kind of moment, you know, oh, you yeah. just go into survival mode. So it, that has really allowed me to, to come back down into that. What was it? Uh, condition yeah condi- yellow or whatever they yeah none of those right? conditions make sense to me because like the one that is like the most extreme is like condition white or and i was like wait isn't white like a calm color like i yeah. it doesn't make sense to me i would be like condition red right. and like that's like a medium or something yeah. i i don't know what the condition it's one of those are. things where you're like oh, why are we le- we're never gonna fucking learn this yeah exactly be a math teacher yeah exactly yeah exactly but I think though too that like Lisa was saying is it translating over, especially into our work, like, and again, not not to beat a dead horse because I've ranted about that on this podcast before is the thing is, is if you have, if you're used to someone grabbing your wrist, right? 
at our job, very specifically, like we're used to being in control. And if you do end up going against whether it's a mentally ill person or someone that just does not want to go to jail or they've been playing the game a long time, they're like, yeah, it's not happening today. Hmm. And they grab your wrist and you're so used to that, that grab, you're like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like if you can, if like mentally it just logs you into, oh, okay, this is what I'm going to do to transition or I'm going to move, I'm going to break the wrist and move towards arm right. drag or whatever it is. And it's like, I, I think that, like I said before, I think that anyone can benefit from jujitsu, but I think it's imperative for like our law enforcement, especially to like, you should be doing this. Like you should be doing some form of this, uh, some form of a martial art, whether it's kickboxing or judo or jujitsu, where you are going hands on with another Sparring. person. Yes. Yeah. So that you're not, again, when that instant comes where you come across that guy or girl that is like the 1% that's like, no, not today. You're not caught off guard by it. You're like, oh, okay, I'm ready too. Like this, uh, this is what we trained for. And uh, I, I've seen this meme. I'm sure I got it saved in my phone where it says, it's like, I do jujitsu because after being choked out the rest of your day is pretty easy, you know? Right. And it, it's true. Like once you get that mindset of like you said, oh, th- three minutes left in this round. And like you have this big, sweaty, nasty guy on top of you. I mean, we mentioned that guy from Las Vegas. He's a big boy, and he was on me. And listen, if he's listening, Josh did me dirty doing that freaking can opener on me. But I knew, yeah, I knew there was less than a minute left, and I was like, "Screw you!" You want to talk about ego? That was all ego there, because I was like, "He is not going to get me to tap with less than a minute left," and he's doing this bullcrap neck crank on me, and uh, I, I did. I put my hands in his face, and I just pushed like just to get and get him off, and. Again, it was like there wasn't a point of panic so much of like, ow, this really hurts. Can you stop doing that? Right. You know, and it was just it was a frustrating thing. And I think, though, that like if it had been a white belt and that was his first competition, he got put that on. He would have he would have tapped because it was it was very painful. Like I was screwed up the rest of the day and for like the next two weeks because of that. Right. And it. I heard that. Like, yeah, I heard that idiots. a couple times. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a sh- shitty thing to do, but uh, it is what it is, you it know. Is I, legal. Uh, it is legal, it and is and legal. again, that's what I mean. But you know the it? difference between there this is, is going to hurt me, this is going to break my arm or something. This or right. this is uncomfortable. I'm yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. Incrementally, I need to get back to where I can defend right. myself. You know, and and again, ego. If like reality is, is like same thing on his side and my side is it's like we aren't winning anything from this like nobody there's yeah. no paycheck at the end of Those this you know really yeah it's, it's, i'm just <laughs> no. saying like it's like this is this is for fun and like I, and here I we are know. still talking about it right you know, a month later it's it was like, fun it was a it great was, time oh, and now you yeah. can talk about this time where this guy exactly and, you and you were fine oh yeah well i can't <laughs> tell you how many people so again you know jujitsu is a fairly small community uh, law enforcement is obviously slightly bigger than that, but then at least within our agency, I had several people that obviously don't do jujitsu and weren't at the competition that heard about that guy that I went against. Yeah. That, right. And they're like, "Heard you went against a UFC fighter that was, you know, freaking two hundred ninety-three pounds and blah blah." blah. And I was like, "Yeah, 
And they're like, how'd that go? And I go, not great. <laughs> like, what do you mean, how'd it go? I go, I go, I mean, like, he didn't submit me, but my, I can't turn to the right, you know? I go, what do you mean? And but I think that earns, like, whether you want to call it respect or credit to, like, oh, wow, I can't believe, like, because I'm not a big guy. And you look at me and you're like, oh, wow, he went against a, what? How big was this guy? Like, and then, they, and again, because he's used to be a UFC fighter, you can pull up pictures of this guy and see how big, and you're like, Oh, like, wow, that was, why'd you do that? And I'm like, yeah, why did I do that? That was, <laughs> was, question. I, was I was like, yeah. Lisa put it in the bracket. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like no, not going to do the absolute ever again. That was miserable. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I wanted to talk to you guys, though, because I was talking to you the other day. Mike sent me that message about the, you guys want to do another competition coming up, yes. correct? Like, yes. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Like, yeah. So um, it's going to be a quintet format. So um, again, you know, obviously people are going to be broken up by their departments, um, things like that. So right now we have a couple people that are interested. We're looking for an additional spot. So if anybody's listening and they have a, a team that they want to put together of five, um, you know, just send us a message. But um, yeah, so quintet format. So every team will have a, a five grapplers. Um, and come to, uh, matches will be one-on-one, right? So it's going to be a submission-only match. Um, if one person submits the other person, that person stays in, and the team uh, puts in another grappler until there's nobody, no teams left. You know? So nice. it's, if it's a tie, then both people are eliminated. Um, you know, if we go five rounds of ties, then we'll, we'll probably go into like EBI overtime or, okay. or something like that. But um, just How long are the rounds going to be? Um, uh, we're still putting that okay. together, but I'm thinking six or seven minutes. Okay. Uh, I want it to be quick. I want it to be people to push right. the pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I, cool so let me ask you guys this kind of as a side thing. I have been hearing a lot of pe- people discuss this more and more about the submission only versus the points thing. And I want to get your guys' take on this because I, and I'll, I'll tell you my side, I like the submission only so much more because one, there's just so many different rule sets for the points. Like a lot of them are similar. They're pretty close. Like most competitions, they're similar and stuff, but some of it is like, so uh, uh, we just had a seminar the other day at uh, Team Alves and uh, Jeff Glover came and he was very much of like, no points is like, he was all about the, the point submission or point competitions and stuff which i get like that's what he's always done that's what he like he goes because if i can score 20 points on you what's it matter if i can submit you and i'm like well i think originally what like jujitsu was kind of intended for was finishing people right like being able to defend yourself in a way to where you can either choke them unconscious or hurt them enough that you can get away right Mm -hmm. and i i see I see why the point thing came to be because obviously people want to push themselves and see who wins and like you can't always have these 20 minute long matches and stuff like that but man I just I enjoy watching the submission only so much more and I'm not and someone's not just like oh I got to side I'm going to hold side right. now like you know what I mean or oh I got to mount I'm going to hold mount for the next minute and a half because I got those points right. so I don't know I was just curious like what do you guys so think So I'll say in the context of uh, a viewer Submission only is is awesome, you know. Uh, that's going to get more eyes on. That's exciting. Everybody wants to see the finish, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares about points like that. Uh, in the context of 
a police officer, it might be more beneficial to learn how to control these positions for longer periods of time, how to transition from side control to mount to neon belly, north, south, Mm -hmm. maybe. So if you're, I would say if you're a new practitioner and you're a police officer, maybe focus more on positional control at that point. I would totally agree because if you look at the way the point system is designed, it's designed to reward the aggressor. Yes. And it's encouraged. It's, you're like penalized if you, you know, sit back to your butt or something like that. Where in nogi, or I'm sorry, in sub only, you can do a lot of things that would put you in danger. Right. You know, like you wouldn't want to sit back for a leg if you're, you know, working. Right. Like that would yeah. be ridiculous. Yeah. So I think it depends on what the the purpose is and who's training and what they're training for. Yeah. And context. All of the, all of the yeah. context of it. You know, I come from. So I was a wrestling coach for a couple of years at one of our high schools here. Oh, nice. It was really fun. and um, I bet that smelled. I oh, those... man, those boys were – you talk about Ooh, gross. Yeah. Oh, uh. But it was so much fun. My guys were so great. They were, yeah. they were great kids. We have a couple of them that train with us now still. Nice. Yeah, they're just great people. So it was a really good time. But watching wrestling matches, you know, this is a finely tuned machine, you know, compared to that, mm-hmm. like high school wrestling to, uh, you know, uh, these – new breed or grappling industries like all of these tournaments like it's just so different Mm -hmm. their their point system is similar to jujitsu but they get like escape points well that makes sense to me you get a reversal point that makes sense to me why wouldn't we give points for reversing someone you know so it's just it's i like all combat sports and i think there's a time and a place for all of it so i don't i don't think i have a preference um, but I think it's all based on that context. Is what are you doing it for? Who's doing it? Are you watching it? Are you um, practicing it for real life? Like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, this format that you guys are talking about doing it in, that submission-only style, that's the way to do it. Because it is super exciting to be like, because you'll see matches where it'll be one guy will go through three people. You know right. what I mean? It's like, oh man, that's that's pretty cool. And then right? there's you know? strategy to it too. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Who goes first? Who exactly. Goes yeah. Do you want to get potentially lose one of your better guys because they're right. they're stacking their card on the back end or whatever? Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's definitely cool. And like I said, I'm not I'm not like sold on one way or another. I just like you said, Mike. I like being able to watch submission only because I'm not thinking about. Oh, did he get? Why didn't he get points for that? Or why right. did he get points for that? Or you know what I mean? Well, the like, of the sport. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like uh, I don't know. And that's the other thing too that, uh, kind of off of your wrestling thing. Those wrestling refs though, they're they serious. know their stuff. Those guys. I mean, they, I've they seen ones where literally like they're they're like literally like forehead on the mat, sliding, sliding across, across, trying to see like are I've those seen shoulders that in touching? Real life. Yeah, like they really do that. <laughs> yeah, that and that's what I mean. Like that's that's different than I, I I would say right now, like especially with like that who's number one and stuff. They have good good refs, good like guys that you can tell are practitioners and they understand what they're looking at. And that's that's one of the biggest things I think they for the longest time, the UFC was really lacking. They didn't have actual guys that were, they had like boxing refs in there that like had no idea what, right. you know, besides big John McCarthy and Herb Dean, you didn't really have anyone that was like actually training jujitsu or training MMA or tra- you know what I mean? So they didn't know what they were looking for. And I think that's like important when it comes to scoring it. Cause like even at the tournament, like you said, all the guys that were refing were 
guys that train. Like, this, it wasn't like they didn't know what they were taught. They're, yeah, but even know. that, you know, there was one guy, one of our four refs had never refed before. Mm. So, you know, for the two months before the tournament, every night, all right, let's, you know, grab grab your match and you're refing. And I made him practice refing, yeah. you know. But who's – it all comes from husband. Like, he's IBJJF certified and trained yeah. and all of that stuff, you know. So – I've been refing some. I get to ref a chick jitsu in Tampa in September. Super excited oh, about really? that. Yeah, it's a tournament all for women by women. Like table oh, workers, nice. refs, everybody is is female. So it's gonna be really fun. I did one uh, back in May, and I love refing. I had <laughs> no idea, but it's so fun. <laughs> so, uh, but but practicing like you really have to practice refing. And those wrestling refs, they're yeah. all certified. They have to take a test. Yeah. Like, and if you're a bad ref, you don't get hired for anything. So there's a lot more like consistency and structure to it in the wrestling world than there is in the jiu-jitsu world. They yeah. grab any purple belt off and, oh, we're short a ref. Hey, you purple belt, come over right. here. You're going to ref for the day. And that's a mess. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but I've seen it a couple times. I've, it's I've, a disaster. I've never seen them actually grab someone, but I've seen things where I'm like, who, where did they get this person? Right. Like, and you know what? It's not fair to them either. No because way. they're like, I don't want to like nobody wants to suck at their job right they're like they're praying for submissions too because they're like just submit this guy so I don't get the points wrong you know they get up to like raise the hand they're like you're right yeah I don't know know. I feel like 2021 we should have a better way of doing this at this point like by because I how many times have you seen a ref like go to raise the wrong and they go oh oh whoops oh it's wrong side side. like and they're checking too they're looking they're looking matching their wristbands they're looking at their table work they're like help me yeah they're like that point at the person you know but yeah it's it's definitely a uh it's an interesting thing because i've been i've been now because i'm not i didn't used to really do a lot of competitions and then now uh team alves they do they do compete quite a bit um and uh there's a bunch of people there that don't but you know a lot of times manny's good about like quizzing you know like, how many points is that how many points is that and you're like god dang it and you actually have to know the positioning and how you got to there so no it's good but uh yeah, man, it's it's one of those things though that at the end of the day, uh, one of our guys, Benton, the I'm trying guy, his nickname's 22 because in the first competition he was in, he scored 22 points. Like he demolished the guy, and uh, so we call him 22. But it's it's hard to argue that like just because he didn't submit that guy didn't mean he didn't completely dominate that guy. You know what I right. mean? Like right. how yeah. can you argue that? You That's know? the downside, I guess, of submission only is that at the end of the time, if they don't have a, a way of doing a tiebreaker or EBI overtime or something like that, then it's a tie, right? right. Like, that guy got killed. I mean, he barely yeah. survived for right. eight minutes. Well, right. I've been preaching this for a long time, and I'm going to say it now since I have a platform. If you're in a <laughs> It's sub, a small platform, but sure. <laughs> if you're in sub only and nobody submits the other person, you should both lose. There should be no winner. <laughs> yeah. Throw them both out. The game is a submission, <laughs> and if neither one of you submit the other person, you either make it a no time limit or toss them. Yeah. But I just can't get with this EBI overtime. I cannot get that that format really you don't like chooses. EBI overtime? No. I love it. I, I, don't, really I don't think that format chooses the best the best person. How, how does that identify Okay, this happened to one of our guys a couple weeks ago, and, and there's a bajillion examples of this, but the 10 minutes, the guy controls the other guy the entire time. He's aggressive. He's passing, but he doesn't finish it. In my mind, end it there. Nobody finished it. You're both out. No winner. You can mm-hmm. both be losers. It's fine. Right. 
But then they go to EBI overtime, and this guy that laid on his back and did nothing the entire time, he had a better strategy for overtime. So does that mean he's the better grappler? No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't at all, right? And this, goodness, there was another match, a contender series, Josh Leduc. This was probably a year. It wasn't the contender series. It was something else that he did. Mm. It was probably a year ago. Two guys, one of them just laid there. Like, just laid there. That was it. Had his arms across his chest. Just tucked up and laid there like a log for 10 minutes. And then won an EBI overtime. Yeah. Well, maybe there is a way that you can regulate that a little bit better. But I do think that the EBI overtimes are exciting to watch. They're they're exciting to watch. Absolutely. They're very quick. I did see that. Uh, UFC Fight Pass did one. Uh, Spencer was on that one. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was great. He got a great armbar on that. Like, I like, like. To just watch it is fine. Yeah. Using that to determine a winner? Right. I don't think well, so. Well, I like how they're doing it now where they'll literally – so they will – they don't do the points and then they do the – they do what you're saying. Basically, at the end, they have the three judges or whatever that and the ref that go, who do you think won this match? Like who realistically pushed the pace and won that match? And then that way you're kind of getting a little bit more of like a, you know – collective agreement of mm-hmm. oh hey like clearly billy was pushing the pace the whole time right you know what right. i mean and then unfortunately if you're like man i don't know like it's it's a draw like you said okay you both lost then like i mean yeah. uh, you know playing. That was yeah fun. yeah like you, you still got to Try compete again. but you lost like we you didn't have to give everybody yeah a i was medal. gonna say yeah you don't have mm-hmm. to say like someone won and it's like i mean ties are like kissing your sister you should be called a loser right you know what i mean it shouldn't be oh we tied we both won no yeah. you didn't you both lost like i, so I agree with that let's talk about advantage points how are we going to give people an advantage for almost doing something right why isn't that just as much as the other person's advantage for for defending it like that right. person cleared the submission attempt and so the other person gets an advantage for trying, for trying something? it yeah because I, I crazy can, to me i could throw up an arm bar right now and only have the guy's wrist mm-hmm. like there's no way i'm gonna sink in this arm bar you're gonna give me a like right yeah i agree i don't get the advantage points at all like, they didn't do advantages at heroes turn yeah, saying, and that's yeah. why no. i think it's ridiculous i think it is too because i don't get it like yeah. i've had it explained to me several different times by several different people and like every instance seems like it's like well, I guess that could be. And then the next one, you're like, why isn't that? You know what I mean? Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's mm-hmm. like just do away with that. That's I don't right. like that at all. Well, anytime that you attribute any sort of rule set to anything, people are going to figure out how to game the system. Exactly. Right? So yeah. especially with these this EBI tournaments, and now we're implementing these overtime rules into different tournaments. People are going to save their energy for the EBI right. overtime round. Well, and that's why sometimes I think the submission only can be beneficial because it's like, you can't really gain that. You either right. got to submit the person or you get submitted. Like right. that's As that's... long as there's a double loser. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's well, you, or you do, or obviously you can't do it for like a competition that we're going to be, but like some of these bigger in ones, you know, like yeah. the Gordon Ryan ones. Yeah. So it's like, no, no time limit. Go. No time limit. That, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that is great. Obviously, you can't do that for a bunch of people, but I'm saying like these bigger ones, that's how I think they should all be played out is yeah. no time limit, submission only, go. Because that's how you literally go. Okay, if these two were, if these two guys were literally in a fight, who's going to win? Because I was watching, uh, I think it was Abu Dhabi, and it was Craig Jones, and uh, God, I can't remember the other guy's name right now. But they went and they did, they did the full 20, and then they did the 30-minute overtime, and I think one of them won by, and like the points were only like, it was like 2-1. 
and one of the points was an advantage point. And it was like... Is that really I, winning? Well, that's what I mean. You're watching and you're like, I did not get the ending of that match. Right. Like, I didn't get to watch the end of that match. I would rather watch them go for another 40 minutes and see exactly. who wins this match because... Uh, they're both like they're both incredible grapplers why am i why am i getting gypped out of having to you know what i mean like settle for oh he got him in this time frame mm. by an, one of them was an advantage point i think that's what it was is one of them they were actually one one and then one of them got an advantage point and the other one scored and then got like a penalty point or something and it worked out to where it was literally like the score ended up being like two one and one of them was like they were tied and it was a a penalty point basically and i was just like what how is that that doesn't that no that didn't that didn't tell me who the winner was like at all like i was so frustrated because i was like i was trying to find on youtube i was trying to find like did they ever go again because like i want to see how that ended because uh i wish i could remember the guy's name so you could see that people could look up the youtube video but if i think of it i'll post it in the comments or something but yeah it was uh it was such a good match and it was still and again though like the first ten minutes of the match, they're both they're just you looking know at each other. looking and moving yeah. around Dancing. each other, yeah. And it's like, come on, man, let's go. Like push the pace a little bit. And so I don't know. I think there's definitely pros and cons to doing it either way. But uh, I for sure like the submission only when there can be no time limit. Like mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. like the most obviously realistic way of yeah. finishing. You know. Oh, okay, this person did win. You Some know of those matches, man. Go and go. Like Josh oh. had one recently of no time limit for uh, the, I think it was Sapatero, one of the I think it was one seventy pound title. Um, that went over an hour. It was like an hour and wow. ten minutes. I know my husband's had one that's been almost an hour. Yeah, somewhere close to that. Jeez. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I I did a sub only match the last time I competed. It was probably two years ago, and it was fantastic because I I. I did a, a throw. So I throwed the lady and then she rolled me. And I was like, yes, I'm in court. This is fantastic. <laughs> I didn't have to stay on top right. to get the points and, and all of that. So it was, it was good. I like, I like that format for me better. Yeah. But I still think if you don't submit the other person, you should both lose. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I mean, that seems, seems fair. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's like. We don't always have to have a winner. Right. Yeah. That's, I'm sure you deal with it even more so, but yeah, I'm a huge advocate of like, yeah, not everybody gets a trophy. Sometimes you just lose. Like I'm also very much though, like hard the other way of like, if you didn't get first, you didn't win. Like I, you know, the first, second, third thing, like I had people tell me like, oh, it's great. You got, you know, you got second or you got third. And it's like, is it like, I, I still lost. Like I didn't do as good as I you know, I didn't, I wasn't the best one. And they're like, stop it. That's stupid. And it's like, I disagree. I'm sorry. I, it's first or last, you know, like, yeah. uh, it's tough. Like, I don't know. I, I, I get like the mindset of like, oh, you did good. Okay. I don't feel like I did, but thank you. I, you know, I appreciate your kind words. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, so is, do you guys have a, where you're going to be doing the 
the next one, the uh, not yet, very no. early stages of, of planning, planning here. You know, we thought about some different high schools or some yeah. maybe some gyms venues it that should, we're looking at. But it we're, should we're be still a smaller exciting. gathering yeah. this time, so we don't need a whole high school gym, right? You know, yeah, it's gonna be a lot faster. It's not going to take you know, however long yeah. that took, yeah. like four or five hours, like it right. did the other one. So it'll be really. I quick. think we'd also be open to some super bikes if there's anybody out there that would like a match. Yes. Okay. All right. I some. know that there's a. There's something coming up here in October. Um, who is putting it on? Oh, uh, I think it's Valhalla MMA or something. They're down here in Port Charlotte. I think they're more kickboxing and stuff. Uh, but uh, they're doing some super fights and jujitsu and MMA nice. like a thing. And some of us from there, we've we've said that we'll you know we'll do the and then they're doing like a submission only thing. So some of us expressed interest in that. I don't know if it. I've heard nothing more of it, so I don't know if it's going to come to fruition or not but uh yeah i know that uh i was telling you the other day mike that uh we have guys that are interested it's more of just the time frame of it because mm -hmm. we have a bunch of us have SWAT competitions here coming up next couple months and then obviously it'll be christmas time and it's like yeah you know it's one of those things on. man it's and contests are, are tough because you have five people you have your five people set in the week before the tournament somebody gets hurt or yeah yeah isn't gonna stuff happens, yeah. gets COVID. Yes. Or hey, why are you, oh, why are you still eating that pizza? Like we need to be at <laughs> yeah, a certain right. weight here. Yeah. What are you doing? You know, like yeah. That's that's the other thing that uh, I realized from so like when I first started jiu doing jujitsu and competing, and then I kind of got out of competing for a long time. But uh, the I, I I would do weight cuts and then like this. That was what was so the like the. The heroes one, I was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna cut weight. I'm gonna be yeah. the weight that I'm at, and that's it. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to cut weight, yeah. and uh, it worked out really well for me because I ended Everybody up. Everybody got shifted anyway. Yeah, but I ended up getting to be like, I felt good. Like I didn't right. feel, you know, I felt fine, and I didn't. Obviously, I wasn't just eating whatever I wanted. I was still trying to like be in good shape, but I'm just saying like, man, that cutting weight thing, that's so for nice. the... I did that one uh, time uh, when I competed at the Blue Belt and I crashed and burned. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I do not feel good right now. Yes. So I, yeah, I made it the decision that I was never going to do that again. Yeah. It's, so I'm done, done I, with I, the weight cutting. I think the thing is, is most people, I mean, obviously the higher end guys, you know, but especially the high end guys, like especially in like UFC and stuff, you see these guys make these horrible cuts and it's like, man, you're not getting the best bang for your buck. Because like they're not at their best level, they're not at their optimal level. And if you look at the majority of them, if say say you're competing at 155, and the majority of those guys are cutting from 170, it's like you're all fighting each other anyways. Why don't you all just collectively go, hey, let's not cut, and we'll fight each other healthy at 170 because right. I'm still gonna fight you at 170. Right. Like it's not like you're gonna get a but you know. But I know they're working on that with the hydration stuff that they're doing now and stuff. But. I was going to say they got rid of the IV <coughs> yeah. and everything. So. And, uh, it's so. a big deal in, in high school wrestling, too. And um, my boys were so disciplined. It was amazing to see these you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. You know, they compete on Saturday. They eat whatever they want on Sunday. And then they had their own regimen throughout the rest of the week so that they could be healthy yeah. and on weight Saturday morning the next, you know? It was, was amazing to see that. It was crazy. scary yeah. to yeah. see. I remember some guys in high I wish mm -hmm. so badly I'd wrestled in high school because, like, I just feel like it would, in the long run, it would have been so much more advantageous for me than playing football, which I was terrible at. And, like, then yeah. it's like, what do I do with that? I got, nothing. I got memories of, like, you know, 
friends and stuff, but it's like, eh, I would have had friends in wrestling and they would have right. actually been semi functional. But uh, yeah, those guys, I remember it was, you would see them though, like at lunch and they'd be sitting at a table just talking and nobody's eating anything and you're just like, Ugh. Like yeah. that seems I was going to say, I, have, I had a friend who was a huge wrestler back in, back in the day and he'd have like three grapes yeah. and that was his lunch. I'm like, man, that can't be good for you. I know, right? Like, when they terrible. do it right, yeah. like it's good. When they do it wrong, I had, uh, I had a couple that did it wrong a couple times oh, too. Yeah. And you learn your lesson, but hopefully they, they learn their lesson. Like, mm-hmm. I remember one of my guys won uh, sixth place in the States and afterwards like, hey, we're going to take you to dinner. Where do you want to go? And it's the Golden Corral, you know, of all places in Orlando, yeah. Kissimmee, you know, you yeah. can go anywhere you want and we're going to the buffet. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. And I bet he was, mis- I bet he didn't get to eat nearly as much as he wanted to because oh, no. uh, he was yeah. full. He, he was, was probably full. full like instantly and you're just like, oh, like, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that at all. That has to have some sort of repercussion. Oh, <laughs> you know, like you're develop- you're growing, you're developing. Oh, you especially know, in high school. Yeah, yeah. If you can't. And that's the unfortunate thing if you've, like, I've been, uh, so, like, the Flow Grappling app, like, on the TV, if you watch, like, they have, like, wrestling and all these, you know, cool things. And I was watching some college stuff the other day, and the one guy was talking about how, like, how great it, like, because he was, like, from a big, like, wrestling community, wrestling high school, all this stuff. And he was talking about how when he got to college, it was, like, a game changer because he was like a whatever it's called like a catch weight or whatever in between two weight of like he had again two like state champ wrestlers on both ends so he had to take the class in the middle and he had to cut weight for it and it was just like he's like and then when I got to college I was allowed to be the weight that I was he goes I, it was insane like I, I started eating again and he goes mm-hmm. and man my my weights in the weight room just started skyrocketing I just felt better and like the, it was it was sad because you're like, man, this guy just spent like the last four years of his life doing something he obviously loves, but like being miserable while doing it. And you're just kind of like, oh, like poor kid, but you know, think about the mental toughness that that develops. Oh, yeah. Well, know? that's why like, wrestlers are how many nuts, how many, you know, of these guys that go through that, put themselves through that are so committed to living that life in high school. I mean, right. You can chase girls, you can smoke a bunch of weed, like you can do all kinds of stuff when you're in high but school. But you shouldn't. Yeah. And you totally you shouldn't. shouldn't. Not <laughs> this is not an endorsement. No. <laughs> no. I'm just saying there's all kinds of things that can take you off track in high school. Oh, yeah. And it's all readily available. Just all you have to do is want it and you can get it. Yeah. And, you know, to have the dedication to be miserable and to dedicate yourself to this sport and to work and to eat right and to keep your academics at a place where you can you can compete and go on to college, you know, to do all of those things is just it just builds such fortitude of mind, you know, oh, and just, character. If I ever, ever accidentally had a kid, it would be a wrestler. For sure, yeah. from a very small age, because it it just does something for kids that I haven't seen any other sport do. Yeah, I agree. I that's another reason that I wish I had done wrestling is just the the mental aspect of it. They're so disciplined, so regimented, and so like like you said, they're willing to do whatever it takes to. And they'll take you know, a beating, yeah, weekend over over and over again, yeah. every day, every weekend until. They're the ones giving the beating. Right. It takes years for that to happen sometimes. Yeah. I know that I always used to joke about how I always thought it was funny that uh, the football players, we never, I won't say never, very, very rarely 
did the football players ever get in a fight in school? And I think one of the primary reasons for that was because we got to beat up each other basically after school, running into each other. Yeah, and just Mm -hmm. getting that outlet. And the same thing with wrestlers. You never saw like a wrestler get in a fight. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to get anything out of this. Like I'm trying to, yeah, like, oh, it's definitely unfair. unfair. Yeah, it's definitely unfair because they're just going to freaking double leg and kill somebody. But uh, yeah, it's like that aspect of it also is I think that, like you said, you can get so off track being in school to where you're like, there's so many distractions, especially now, even more so. Like I always say that we got into trouble like when I was in high, like I was a football player, we got into our own set of trouble, but I can't tell you how much trouble we probably didn't get in just because we had football practice and weightlifting and all this. And like, I mean, I would, from like time school got out until five o'clock, I was at football. I mean, that that three hour window, uh, and because then usually I would go from football and I would go to work because, you know, I'm poor. And that three hour window that all these other kids that left school to go do fill in the blank, you know, whether it was get knocked up or, you know, get high or whatever. It was like, those were the guy, the kids that you see like, oh, okay, what, what ended up happening with them? You know what I mean? A lot of times. And uh, not to say that everyone that didn't play sports didn't do something with better with their time. I'm just saying though, that for me, and I think especially for like hyperactive, like boys get into a sport, but get into a sport that again, Wrestling like can carry over way further, I feel like, than football could. Unless you're a stud athlete, obviously right. there's stud football players and baseball players that go all the way to the pros or go all, you know, get college scholarships, absolutely. But hey, I was a soccer player, yeah. so talk about really not having right. <laughs> right. anything. Yes. So but. exactly. Like I mean if you and especially if you're not a stud that's gonna go on with it. Like I I mean I know guys that have gone to college for it and gotten scholarships. Great. But like you said, wrestling, the mental like fortitude that it gives you to carry on with your day-to-day, it's just like with jujitsu. Like if you train jujitsu now, it's going to help you with your rest of your life. Like helps me going and strangling grown men helps me not strangle my kids. You know exactly. what I mean? Because it gives me that ah, like that, that little calm. bit of patience and mm-hmm. calmness that I not always the most patient, but more patient than I probably would be if I wasn't training, you know what I mean? I think that's something we don't talk a lot about. You know, everybody knows you should do jujitsu if you're in law enforcement. At least I think everybody knows that. But should be. We talk about the benefits of the physical, but there's just not a lot of talk about the benefits of the emotional and the health part. Mm. So I always try to bring that up whenever I can. It's just so beneficial. The camaraderie that you talked about, the family aspect of it, but how it, it overflows to everything else in your life. It's yeah. just really important. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that I, uh, so, uh, my buddy Greg, that he's started more recently. He was a wrestler in high school. So like now that he's back in jujitsu and getting into it, I would say that he is benefiting more from the mental, like health aspect of it than the, the physical aspect of it, you know? And he says the same thing too. He's had people at work say to him like, you all right, man. You seem like less angry. You know, and he's like, he goes, yeah, you know, just been training jujitsu. And like, it, it's great. It's just so good to like see that from him. And, you know, <laughs> we had a nurse that was training with us for a while and she would get written up at work for being just a bitch. Really. <laughs> and um, she started training. She got to a blue belt. She's training every day and she got an award at work for being like, you know, nurse of the month or whatever it was. And 
she would, t- you know, she took like a, a week or two off, and she said the ladies at work were like, um, "You need to, you need to get to training." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go back, go back. That's to the, the funny part too, you know. What it does for men, it does for women too. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, if I can't imagine how, and this may sound slightly sexist, but I can't imagine how gratifying it's got to be for a woman to choke out or submit a significantly bigger guy than them. Especially if they're maybe in a relationship where they're, you know, kind of not getting beat on necessarily, but they're kind of getting, you know, they got a husband that's kind of like domineering and over, you know, overbearing and stuff. It's probably a really good like mental like, okay, I'm tough. I'm, you know, I'm strong because like I'm sure to do it all the time telling my wife how much better she is than me because she is like I recognize it. I just don't want her to think that I don't see it because I'm like, man, you're way tougher and smarter than me. And uh, she is. But I think, though, that jujitsu can, like, do that without anybody having to say a word because as soon as you can beat that person that you've been – and same thing for guys. You're going against these guys that – especially when you first start training, you're like, oh. And, like, I had a guy the other day that – and it was in the gi. And again, not a huge gi fan, but he's a blue belt. And uh, he – I could feel the improvement, like, from a month ago when I was rolling with him to now – and uh, I told him after, I go, hey, good job, man. Like, really good job. And you could tell, like, just in his face, he was like, yeah, like, that wasn't a, oh, good roll. You know, like, a, you know, just politeness. That was, like, a good job, like, good defense. And he's just like, thanks, thanks. Like, you could tell he was ecstatic that he, I didn't submit him three times during the, you know, during one round. And he, he held his own. And I was very, like, it's very nice to see guys improve but i think it is sometimes important to like give them that little hey good job you know because i think that does something to you mentally to where you're like okay i am it explains all the tape that we that we passed out you know (laughs) we literally walk over and pull out some athletic tape and put it on somebody's belt and you if you ever stop and think about how asinine that is (laughs) that's not any sort of special tape or anything right johnson Johnson. yeah yeah it's like whatever you have from Publix that day on the counter and if you don't have any then you go get it from somebody else like Mm -hmm. we put that much thought into it but i know i do i don't i'll roll with somebody and be like man that was that was great like that was so much improvement like she really came at me or he really Mm -hmm. came at me and I'll go get a piece of tape and you put it on their belt and you promote them, you know, and that's that validation too. You know, sometimes it's a conversation, but you know, our system is to use a really stupid piece of tape Yeah. and it means I, so much. I would say though that our stupid piece of tape means a lot more than some so of these much. belts that they hand out in some of these other martial, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. shit on Absolutely. other martial arts. I'm just saying that like, listen, man, when you have 10 year olds that are black belts, that yeah, yeah it's like okay that's are they nice. are they though like come on right like no they're not you know what i mean like i i've said before i'm like oh man every every time i've gotten a promotion especially in a belt i'm like i don't think so like i don't mm-hmm. deserve that yeah. like i don't think that and so then but i think what that does is mentally it makes me go i have to earn this now like i have to earn it because i don't think i deserve that you know and it's yeah. very like uh, it I, makes me very uncomfortable, like inside, like because I'm like, not only does it put a target on your back for everybody else, but it's also kind of like, crap, 
like, Did we talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. when we gave Mike his brown belt? I was just about oh, to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how you felt when you got your brown belt, <laughs> like, but I, I had like this huge the existential look on his face was like, thing going oh, on here. I couldn't even be happy <laughs> yeah, for him because I, I was like, why are you giving me this? Like, I, I, I almost said, like, I was like, are you? I don't yeah. Know. I, I was just like, I wanted to like I wanted to correct him and be like I think you got the name wrong because that's not, like I shouldn't have come up here for right. it. Well, I want to hear it from you. What are well, when we, <laughs> so we had gotten like like we had the belt like yeah. it was ready to go, and um, husband came up to me one night and he was like, "Hey, I think we should do it tonight." And I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Give Mike his brown belt." I'm like, "Okay." Like, and and husband he said, "Do you think he'd be mad that his wife's not here?" And I said, "I don't think so. Like, I think we can do it." <laughs> And he was like, okay, let's do it. I'm going to make him teach, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was the best that part. Was thing. Yeah. So he, he pulls out, we do our warm up, and uh, he pulls out the belt, calls Mike out. Mike had no idea it was coming, ties it on. He's like, okay, Mike, you're going to teach the class tonight. <laughs> Which is always fun when yeah, you're not no prepared. Yeah, nothing. Because I, I know Mike is such a preparer. You know, yeah. like he, he plans, he thinks through, like he worries. <laughs> like there's there's a lot of, of stuff that Mike goes through to be ready for a class. So I knew this was just going to like, you know, throw him for a loop. So it was really fun. He did a great job. The class was fantastic. But he taught his first move. And, you know, he, he, he's sitting down like, Mike, you got to go help everybody. And he's like... Okay. okay. <laughs> so he does, and, and he did a great job. You know, he's helping everybody. Everybody's doing the move, like asking good questions. And he's answering, like he's working the room. It's great. And then I'm like, okay, Mike, do something else. Yeah. Like, Time to ready. move on to the next. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> she was, was pushing me in there, but yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, that probably kept me from crashing and burning because again i was like <laughs> why are you giving me this right now right? there's I, another michael that's getting a brown belt why are you, are you yeah I think wrong michael yeah i uh when i got mine uh so it was like probably a month out from heroes like it was a little ways out and uh i had already signed up as a purple belt and everything right and uh freaking i was like okay and i didn't realize what was happening which i've been i've been to probably like four, like actually like legit trained at like four different gyms the whole time I've been. And every one of them does it a little bit different. And I've been, I've visited other gyms and seen, they promote sometimes a little bit different. And uh, it didn't even register to me what was happening because uh, we had like a fairly big morning class, which was kind of like, I mean, we, we usually have like eight to 10 guys, usually pretty good. Like that's a pretty good morning class. And this morning it was like, I don't know, like 15 guys, almost 20 guys. And I was like, geez, like, man, it's packed, you know, and like a warm up and everything. And, uh, didn't go over any moves. Uh, but I was assuming it was because like competition was coming up. He put like four of us, five of us down in the middle of the mat. And he just had everyone line up on the wall. He's like, all right, every four minutes, you know, like I'll call the switch, blah, blah, blah. And so we're going. And again, I'm in the gi and I hate the gi and, um, going and about the third guy like all the guys he put down except i think one were competing so i thought we were gonna do i thought we were just like training for competition and then he was gonna rotate because there were a couple guys up on the wall that were competing that weren't down so i was thinking oh he's just gonna rotate us through. well after about the third guy i was like man like okay because he was literally not letting it it wasn't like you switch rounds on the timer he caught he just got the clock constantly going and he's calling switch and he's like 
he's like, don't let him, the, the other guy doesn't come off until the other guy's on him. Like mm-hmm. you got like just round robin, fresh, like you're not, you're not allowed to change. And so like by like the third, fourth guy, I was like, all right, like what's going on? Like I have a pretty good gas tank, but like, what are we doing here? Like, wh- I think he forgot to switch because he's over there and he's on his phone or something and he's <laughs> talking with someone. I'm thinking like, Manny, this is my fifth guy. And like, now it's getting to where like people like Ben and De- the one guy's like, he, he's going switch and the one guy's just flattening himself on top of me and the other guy jumps on my legs and they're like, okay, go. And like, I'm like, son of, like I have no time to even like readjust. And I think I did, I think I did something like eight rounds, nine rounds and, uh, or eight or nine different opponents. I should say, I don't even know how long the rounds were. And I was just like, what is going on? And like, when he called it, uh, so whoever was rolling, they're like, oh, congratulations. It was a purple. Congratulations. Man. And I was like, what, for not throwing up? Like, congratulate. I still didn't get it. He lined us all up, and then he's calling people up, and I'm still standing there just thinking, like, oh, he's doing promotions for people. Like, that's cool. And it, I think at that point, I was so exhausted that it was, I was still in a fog that when he called me up, I was just like, what? I was like, no, I don't. That's not me. Like, that wasn't the right. And, like, he's like, yeah, why do you think we were doing that? And I was like, oh, that didn't, didn't even register to me that he was calling up all the people that had stayed down the whole time. But, uh yeah, it was a very, I was, that was probably one of the most exhausted I've ever been, but uh, it was a very humbling, like, oh crap. All right. Now it makes sense why we did it that way. But right. man, I don't know if, I still don't think I deserve this, you know? So it's good. But then I had to ask him, I was like, so does that mean I've got to change my, uh, my rank on the competition? He's like, yeah. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and that, that was I, the other thing. I was like, I was God, like, man, man, now I got to compete as a brown belt. I know. And that was the other thing I was thinking too. I was like, man, somebody's brown. Because you know how it is. Sometimes brown belts can be brown belts for a long time. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go against that. Like that one guy that was there, uh, I think he was a firefighter or something. Lancaster? Yeah. 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 I think he's been a brown belt for a minute, man. Or he, I know he was definitely a wrestler. Yeah. But he has, he doesn't train very often. He definitely wrestles. I know he comes in. He used to wrestle. He's tough, yeah. Maybe like once every two weeks or so. He's he's not in all the time. Yeah. But he's been grappling in some fashion for a while. He cleaned up that day. Goodness. Yeah. He won every division. He was crushing me. Yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah. By like the third. I think I ref that one. Yeah, well, there were a couple of you yelled, the one you yelled at me, you go, all right, enough with the laughing. <laughs> no laughing on my mat. Because, like, the, I don't know if you heard what I said to the one guy, because uh, um, he was, like, he had my back, but he was, like, on side or something. We had, like, rolled, and the way he landed, uh, oh, I think I was in turtle. And he said, uh, someone's, like, three minutes left. And I go, you hear that? You ready to give up yet? And, like, he started laughing, and she was, like, she, I heard her, like, kind of, like, Say what? Because I think you heard me say something. And then we rolled and like we were right by the edge of the mat and my kids are just yelling like, come on, dad. And like, he's just crushing me, whoever this was. And I go, and he goes, he goes, this is an unfair advantage. He goes, you got a whole cheering section. I I did hear that. I go, I go, none of those kids are mine. I thought they were cheering for you. (laughs) And like, he starts laughing. She's like, all right, enough laughing on the mats. Let's go here. Like get to work. But uh, yeah, that, uh, that Lancaster guy, he said that to me at the end. He goes, man. Thanks for making me laugh all day. Cause like by the time we'd gotten to, we'd gone through the absolute and the, you know, the gi and the no gi. And by the time we were at the end for our actual division in gi, I was just saying stuff. Whipped. Yeah. I was <laughs> yeah. just saying stuff to him and he was, he was cracking. He's like, man, thanks for making me laugh the whole time. He goes, that was one of the funner tournaments I've had. He goes, you, you kept me going. I was like, 
I go, yeah, man. I mean, we're, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing left, you know. Yeah. So. We combine people to make those brackets pretty big. It I remember was I was fun. rolling with uh, Jason. He actually works with you. Yeah. And then we were, you know, we went down to the mat. We hopped back up and like, oh, it's got to be coming to an end pretty soon. <laughs> you know, and then somebody screams out three minutes. Yeah, yeah. And we both were like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Then, okay. Well, and yeah. that was on purpose. We made the, we didn't have a five minute cutoff for the, the higher belts. Yeah, you know? that's good. Guys, you need I time like the to work. Yeah. And I don't think five minutes is enough for, for brown and black belts for yeah. sure. Purple belts, I, I don't remember. I think we did six minutes. Six minutes. Time. I don't know. We, I had a couple matches that it was more than adequate time that they submitted me. Like, <laughs> yeah, they did it, <laughs> they they did it rather quickly. Yeah, I think it was a couple guys from your guys' gym. They freaking got me real quick. And I was like, ah, ah. And I, the only peace of mind that I had was at least he was a black belt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was about it. That was, I was just like, oh, at least he was a black belt. But uh, yeah, it doesn't really doesn't take the sting out quite as much as you would like but it helps a little bit but uh all right well we are at hour and a half which is pretty good that's where i try to keep it for most of them because i've done three hours ones and they just some people don't mind them but man some people are like man cut break those things up a little bit because like i don't release it as often as i should but again it's like scheduling and all this stuff so i think that's the perfect amount of time do you guys have anything else you want to throw out there about you know your guys' Heroes Grappling Tournament or the one coming up, uh, they can just follow you on Instagram, right? Heroes Grappling Tournament, isn't that what it's called on Instagram? Yeah, yes. so on Instagram, we're Heroes underscore Grappling underscore Tournament. Um, we also have a Facebook page as well, Heroes Grappling Tournament. So Perfect. you can follow us on there. Um, you can reach out to myself or Lisa um, with any questions or anything like that, but um, we'll be making all of our announcements through Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. All right, guys, if you don't follow them already, please follow them. Uh, they... They've got the right mindset for this stuff. They're doing great things for, obviously, first responder community. And because uh, you guys are, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of this is donated, correct? Did we go all over of that? It. Yeah, all of all it. that's yeah. donated. Okay. Yeah, sorry. We probably should have covered that. That uh, <laughs> The money is all donated to... Yeah, what so are we, the... we raised $5,000. Um, oh, so, wow. Nice. Yeah, which blow, blew me away. I was thinking like a thousand, if I can just get like these guys a thousand dollars each, that would be amazing. But right. it was actually um, 5,500. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So nice. 5,500. We donated oh. to adopt a cop and Perfect. Uh, the fire benevolency fund here in Sarasota. Awesome. And then, uh, also Venice high school. Cause uh, we worked with their JROTC. Uh, so they got a little bit of money for, nice. for helping us out and uh, letting us use their gym and their mats. The rest yeah. Of mats. Yeah. That was great. Uh, Yes, yeah, so the Adopt-A-Cop, for those that don't know, is basically, so if you, almost everywhere has it now, but if you are considering training and one of your, we'll call it an excuse because that's exactly what it is, is you can't afford to or your wife's giving you crap because she doesn't want you paying for a gym membership and all this stuff, the Adopt-A-Cop program kind of eliminates that excuse because you can basically go train and it's paid for by this adopt a cop so completely uh, free yes so if you have any hang-ups or uh problems with finances for being able to get in there to train if that's one of your main excuses please uh hit up mike or lisa and talk to them they can probably point you in the right direction for the adopt a cop thing but uh don't not train because of something so trivial because there's ways around it and uh Especially if you're a first responder, you owe it to yourself and everyone that you're working with, as well as the community that you're trying to protect to go out there and be better. All right. So, um, guys, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And uh, 
we'll uh, hopefully get get the word out there about the uh, – maybe we'll have you guys on again before the next competition. And yeah, that definitely. way we can kind of push it out us. there. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. It. Thank you guys so much.